Many of the people who come through Fearless Business are in time for money businesses. So they run service client businesses and uh, they, they charge by the hour or they charge by the day. And in today's episode, I'm going to be debunking why charging by the hour is fundamentally unethical and it doesn't work. You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. So I have a view on charging by the hour or charging by the day, and and it's quite a strong statement in that hourly rates are fundamentally unethical. And I'm just going to go through and tell a little little anecdote and demonstrate why that is the case. I'm also going to show you in this episode about how you can um, articulate your value so that you can dramatically increase your prices and get out of this whole charging time for money thing, Um, because it it basically it just doesn't work. Um, And there's there's a there is a a very simple process that you can go through in order to get out of charging time for money and shift into selling a productized service um, and uh, obviously um, hopefully make a bit more money out of it. Um, So I'm going to give you a a scenario, okay? Um, I'm going to present to you three different web designers. And the reason I chose web designers is because it's something which I know well. Uh, I used to run an agency for those who don't know me for 12 years before I set up Fearless Business as a coaching practice in 2016. So, right, we've got these three web designers. So, the first, imagine you're in the market for a website for your business and uh, Dave comes along. Uh, Dave doesn't tell you that he hasn't been doing it for particularly long, but what he does, he says, I'm gonna, I reckon it'll take me about 20 hours and I'm going to charge you £50 an hour uh, for building your website. Is that cool? And you say, great, okay, £1,000 sounds reasonable for a website. Let, let's do this. So eventually Dave comes back after three months um, with this half-assed website you know, the reason it's taken him so long is because he's not charging enough money. He's got to take on too many clients. He's just not very organized. Shows you the website and you go, well, hang on, Dave. I asked for a blog and a shopping cart. Where where are those? And he says, oh, sorry, Robin. Um, I, I forgot to put those in there, but I've, I've used up the 20 hours. I reckon it'll take me about 10 more hours to add those on there. Is that okay? And at which point I'd say, hell no. I thought we had agreed it was going to be a thousand pounds. So now, now I'm slightly annoyed with Dave because he's delivered a substandard product and is asking for more money. Dave's annoyed with me because now I don't want to pay the extra money. So initially, immediately we can see that this whole hourly rate thing just doesn't work because it's now within Dave's interest to charge more, more out, charge out more hours if he wants to make more money. Who's he going to charge those hours out to? Me. Okay. So, so immediately we can see that it doesn't work. Okay, now we move on to the second web designer. So Steve comes along. Now, Steve's been in the game for 15, 20 years. He's very good at what he does. Uh, he says, yeah, I, I can do it as well. But S- Steve doesn't know what Robin knows about pricing. So Steve is also charging 50 pounds now. Steve goes away for a week. He comes back and he says, Robin, here's your website, complete with shopping cart, complete with um, uh, the blog on it. Um, it only took me 10 hours. So therefore, it's 500 pounds. Now, I'm thinking... 
hang on a second, uh, the guy who is more experienced um, and gets better results and listens to what I've actually just, uh, I've asked of him, um, ends up getting paid half or a third of what Dave, the more inexperienced web designer, is 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 charging out at. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Why should the person who is better get paid less, okay? So now, again, that's a second example where we can see the hourly rate just doesn't work because um, the more skilled person who does it quicker and better ends up getting paid less if they're charging the same hourly rate, okay? And I know there's lots of moving parts. I know you're saying, but, and it depends and all that sort of stuff. By the way, if anybody ever uses the D word, depends to me, um, uh, in, in front of me, in my presence, um, they actually get fined for that because, like, for me, like, de it depends should never exist in your, in your repertoire. It should never exist in your business. It's probably something for another podcast episode. Uh, so we've had Dave, who, who doesn't do a very good job, charges more money. We've had Steve, who does a great job, but ends up getting paid less money. But then we have this third web designer case. So Trisha comes along. Trisha is this website ninja. She's been doing it for years, but she has this really interesting hook um, to her pitch. So what Trisha says is, listen, I'll build you a website. I'll knock it out of the park in 24 hours for you. Um, it will be cut heavily customized, but the key thing is it will generate 15 to 20 solid leads a month for your business. If it's not producing 20 leads a month for your business, within 30 days, I will offer you a full money back guarantee on my websites. And I will also pay you a thousand pounds for wasting your time, which you can go and spend on Dave and Steve if you want. Now I'm thinking, wow, okay. Trisha's like super confident in her abilities. She's clearly like very good at what she does. Uh, so much so that she's offering me this, this incredible guarantee on her service. So I say to Trisha, well, Trisha, listen, how much are your websites then? And she says, Robin, they're not the cheapest. That it's it's 10k if you want to invest in my websites. But like I said, it comes with that cast iron money back guarantee. If we're not getting you those leads, I'll give you your money back because I don't want, um, you know, I want to get the best results for my clients. If I don't get those results, it's it's not great for my reputation. So I'm happy to refund the whole thing and pay you money for wasting your time. Now I'd be looking at that thinking, well, crikey, if somebody could get me 20 leads a month and I could close four or five of those, well, I'd, I'd double my money in the first month alone. So heck yes, let's go with Trisha because like she's that confident in her ability to deliver. Now, in a previous episode, I was talking about money-back guarantees. So you can flip back to, I think it's about two episodes ago, where I was talking about money-back guarantees and listen to that one. Um, it, there aren't many business owners out there who are willing to offer a guarantee on their, their product or service. But listen to this. If if Trisha, now, uh, this is where you start to get into niching, okay? So product, um, marketing niche, product niche, uh, sorry, market niche, product niche, and price niche, okay? Um, if... Trisha just works with business coaches. She knows what, what is a good result to me and how much that result is worth. She can work out what the return on investment is going to me, mean to me if she can get me those leads, okay? When it comes down to product niche, it, again, it's, it's about um, product market fit. If she is solving one really clear and specific problem, i.e. generating leads for business coaches, and it's through the, the, the means of doing like funnels or websites or Facebook ads, or it doesn't matter what, what the, the avenue is, the method is that we use to generate those leads. If she does one of those things really well and it's consistent and she gets those same results each and every time she works with a business coach, then she is going to get really great, like it, it like, that's what we want. We want a product niche that answers, solves a specific problem. And then the final thing is if you've got market niche, if you know who your ideal client is and you have one product which delivers a remarkable um, solution to them, you can command 
whatever price point you think you can essentially charge into the market, okay? If that means you're the most expensive in the market, then fantastic, job done. And the reality is like, if you look at all of your competitors, you know, um, and there's 20 local web designers, but you are the only one who has a market niche and a product niche, um, there will be one one web designer out there who is the most expensive, okay? And the likelihood is that they've got great product market fit, they've got tons of Google reviews, they've got a great reputation, they've been around for ages, but the clue is that they are the most expensive and they are still able to get clients. So you can't, like, you, you can position yourself if you've got product market fit to be the most expensive and you will not struggle to take on clients. And this is why it's super important that when you're packaging up a service that is traditionally charged out on an hourly rate, you want to focus on three very simple levers, okay? So your product should have clearly defined outcomes or results that can be delivered over a specific period of time and cost a, fi a fixed fee, okay? And typically, when I've taken clients through these three steps of productizing their service, um, they achieve that in a very short period of time. So they productize within the first 30 days that we work together. And typically what we see is that compared to what they were charging when they were charging hourly or by their day rate, their productized service is worth two, three, four, five, or some in, in rare cases, even eight or 10 times the value which they were selling it at before okay, at their hourly rate, because they've been able to understand how to articulate their value and talk about the amazing results which they get for their clients and talk about in monetary terms what return on investment their clients get when they buy their product or service. Um, so hopefully that's given you a bit of an insight into um, around like why charging time for money is fundamentally flawed. It just doesn't work. It's a broken system. We all do it because we see so many other people doing it, but it, it just does not work. It does not serve a purpose. The fact of the matter is most people charge an, an hourly rate, you know, uh, when they see other people doing it, they think that's the right way to do it. But actually, fundamentally, if you if you look back at how your, um, you know, if you look at your goals and how many clients you need versus your capacity and then do a quick calculation, it might be that if somebody's like, you know, if you're charging the same as somebody in the market who is the cheapest, economically, it might not stack up for your business and you could potentially end up losing money out of it. So the other thing to bear in mind as well is that there are actually um, several different components which make up how you charge for something. So the three components are, well, firstly, obviously, is your time that you put into something, your time, energy, effort. So that's what most people base their hourly rates on, which kind of makes sense. But there's two other things which pretty much everybody who I speak to who does sell time for money forgets to include within their calculation for their hourly rates. And those two things are, uh, first and foremost, uh, costs and overhead. So it costs something to run a business. Therefore, if you're not actually um, taking that into consideration as well as your time, then effectively you're operating your business at a loss immediately. And the third thing which you need to take into consideration then is your intellectual property. How we encapsulate intellectual property is through a number of different ways, but primarily it's going to be your skills and education, certifications and things like that. So the practical stuff. The second thing is then going to be how many hours practice you put into what you're doing. And then finally, it's also going to include your systems and processes in terms of how you deliver, you know, what it, whatever it is that you do.
So by the time you've taken into consideration cost, you've taken into consideration intellectual property and your time, technically you should be charging three times the rate that you're currently charging if you're still charging hourly rates. So what this means is that you, um, you know, pretty much everybody who I see charging hourly is vastly undercharging because they're looking at what other people are doing. They then think that will somehow work for their business. They forget about how much experience they've got and they for forget about how many you know overheads and expenses they've got in their business. And then they're scratching their heads at the end of each month wondering why there's no money left in the bank account. And so I'll give you a really practical example of this. I did some work with an accounting practice a while back and they were charging an hourly rate for their accounting work. They were also charging out uh, an hourly rate for um, their bookkeepers as well. So the bookkeepers who keep everything, you know, put, in, uh, put on invoices and receipts and things like that into Xero and QuickBooks, uh, keep the books up to date so that by the end of the year, the accountant can look at it, do the returns and it's all tickety-boo. The bookkeeper, the idea behind having a bookkeeper is that they save the business owner time, they save the accountant time and therefore it should work out cheaper. This particular accountant though was paying, uh, and I can't remember the exact figures, so I may just have to pluck some out of the air, but they were charging their bookkeepers out to their clients at £35 an hour. They were paying their bookkeepers something like £22 an hour. Is that right? £28 an hour they were paying their bookkeepers. So, um, how it, no, it's £22 an hour, sorry. And so for every um, hour that they sold, because they'd miscalculated how long the work was going to take, they were typically for every hour they charged a client, it was actually taking their bookkeepers two hours. And so when, by the time you worked it out, the accountant was paying £7 towards every hour of bookkeeping that they sold for each client. So uh, they were losing money, £7 an hour, literally losing money for every single hour of bookkeeping they sold. And it, it would just, um, it, they, were, they were making good profits on the accounting side of things, but losing money on the bookkeeping. And so overall, it looked like the business wasn't profitable. So uh, there were two options at that point, either charge the client more or find cheaper bookkeepers. And they ended up doing both actually. So they did increase their prices, they also um, did some work on um, how, how much the bookkeepers were be being paid. And there's this notion, you know, especially when it comes to paying staff, that we have to pay top rate in order to get the best staff, um, which is there's some truth in that to a certain extent. But again, ultimately, if it's costing the business money, it just doesn't make logical sense to be spending so much money like per hour if, if ultimately you're not able to make um, enough profit on the top of that. As a rough rule of thumb, if you want to work it out, if you are buying in services at an hourly rate for your business and then selling them on to somebody else, and this is a very rough rule of thumb, it will differ from business to business, but this calculation has sort of done me well for quite a, a period of time. If you, just as an example, were to buy somebody in at £20 an hour, the minimum you want to sell their time out for at the other end of the spectrum is £40 an hour. So you want to double it. And this means that you're effectively creating a gross profit margin of at least 50% on that person's time. When you start to sink below that, um, it, it does massively erode profitability because as then you start to take into account um, overheads, costs, expenses within your business. So you're, there's a money trickle down through the profit and loss account in a business. There's like this compounding effect which happens. So, you know... If then all of a sudden you're, you're um, I don't know, selling, uh, buying in at £20 an hour and only selling it out at £30 an hour, well, all of a sudden that gross profit margin drops to 33%. And whenever you then, uh, so around about the 33% mark, if you're then not charging enough for that 
product or even worse still offering a discount on that hourly rate, even a discount of 10%, most people assume that you have to sell 10% of the same thing in order to make the same net profit. Unfortunately, like I said, that compounding effect has a massive impact on pro- on profitability. So the reality is a 10% discount when you're running a 33% um, gross profit, you actually have to sell 25% more of the same product in order to make the same net profit. So the numbers are quite stark and speak for themselves. Like there are some fun, you can charge hourly, you can make it work, you can resell hours, you can make it work. But you need to take in, into consideration costs, you need to take into consideration intellectual property, you need to make sure that you are measuring things like gross profit, net profit, and things like that. And don't just do it like once a year with your accountant. Um, again, I did an episode on knowing your numbers recently as well. But don't just don't just um, you know do it once a year and wait for your accountant to tell you, oh, Robin, hey, you haven't made that much profit this year. You want to be on this like a hawk. You want to be every project you deliver. You want to measure the do a cost analysis, a profit analysis on that job. Every every client that you do some work for each month, you want to make sure that there is a significant amount of gross profit and net profit being produced on those on you know on a client by client basis. You want to know your cash position within your business like literally you know, almost on a daily basis. You want to be bang up to date knowing exactly how much profit your business is pushing. And if you have a, a variety of different products which you sell within your business, especially at an hourly rate, you want to take a look at those different products, look at the gross profit, look at, and look at the net profit and make sure you are still making money on each and every one of those products. And what I like to do then is Pareto um, those products. So you want to 80-20 it. So if you have five products and four of them are doing 50% gross profit and one of them is only doing 30% gross profit, you either need to adjust that product so it's making 50% gross profit or get rid of it because that one product is bringing down the profitability. It's like eroding the profitability of all of the other four products in, within your product suite. Okay, so that that's just as a rough rule of thumb. Hopefully that makes sense. Listen, if you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Fearless Business Podcast, uh, please do reach out to me. Go and join the Confidently Charge More Facebook group. We've got a thriving community of 2,000 members in that group. Or if you wanted to understand a bit more about how to escape charging time for money, hourly rate stuff, and shift into productizing your service, I talk about it in my book, Take Your Shot. You can grab a free copy of that either on Amazon or go to fearless.biz forward slash TYS for take. Take your shot and I'll send you a signed copy. How about that? Aren't I generous? Catch up with you in the next episode. Bye.